We've been, uh, we began, I began talking last week uh, about uh, the disciples' prayer in Matthew 6, known as the Lord's Prayer. But I want to turn, this year we're looking at having a disciples' adventure. We're focusing everything through love, power and purity. Tomorrow, when they talk about healing, it's, we're looking at power. And I um, just want to flow everything through that. There's this discipleship and growth happening with the men and the women, looking at living purely, that is, living like Jesus, becoming like Jesus, increasingly looking to love each other. And I've just been refreshed again in this prayer, that it's a prayer of a disciple. It's a prayer of a disciple. And last week I just opened up by saying how it sets our posture. It's in, in the very core of our Christianity, which is our prayer life. Who agrees? A prayer life should be core of our, a core aspect of our Christianity. Amen. We agree? Amen. We may not all be there with it. We might not all pray as often as we want to pray, but we agree. Our prayer life is a core pillar of our Christian life. And we have an ability, the chance by using this as a model to, um, to establish our posture before God in that. In that, number one, he comes first, right? We, it's all about him until we get halfway down, right? Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So it sets a humble position. He's the most important one. As a disciple, he's the most important. It sets a position of surrender. That, you know, God, your will be done on earth. Every disciple prays that, wants to pray that, should pray that. What I want is not as important as what you want. Do we agree? What God wants is not as important as what I want. And there's a simple reason for that. Because if I get what God wants, it will be good for me. If I go after what I want, there'll be bumps on the road, right? So it sets our position, sets our surrender, also sets our, sets our dependence. It all, everything is for, for him and from him and through him. So everything I need, in, and this is especially important, I think, in our Western culture, when it's so easy to have what we want, isn't it? Even if you can't afford it, you can borrow it to buy it, to buy it. Everything you need, medicine, everything, it's there. Where the disciple says, you know, I know I, got, I feel like I've got everything I need, but you know what, God, I'm looking to you for everything. Give us this day our daily bread. It's all come from you. I need you for, I need your resources. I need your protection. I need, I need your will. I need to walk with a good attitude. Where does that come from? It comes from him. And that's what we introduced last week. Um, we want to pray what Jesus wants us to pray. Yes? We want to hear. We want to sound like Jesus. And we want to sound like our Father. As Jesus came to show us a Father, we too want to be children that represent him. And we want to sound like our Father, a bit like this. Can you say? A bit like this. Daddy, can you say? Chase. Chase. Daddy, can you say road? Road. <laughs> Daddy, can, can you say path? Path. Daddy, can you say car on the road? Car on road. 
<laughs> That's how I used to speak. Car on road. There's trouble at mill. The purpose of discipleship. Oh, I thought I was falling over there. The purpose of discipleship is to become like Jesus. The purpose of walking with him is to become like him. That we hear what he is saying. That we, in, we imitate him. And in our prayer life, we want to imitate him. Interesting that um, um, Alan mentioned Mark 14. I've been looking at that this week. It's really struck me powerfully. Jesus is three years in to his mission and he's coming to the end. He's coming to the final chapter. And I've said this before, it's really trite, but you know that feeling you get when you go to the dentist tomorrow? You know that feeling you get? And you get that thing in your stomach. Oh, I don't want to go. I hope you open your rings and counsel. Jesus is about to go to that place where the worst possible things he knows are going to happen to him. He's about to walk himself into that, give himself up into that environment with people that hate him and want to destroy him. Worse than that, worse than all of the physical pain, he knows his father is going to look away from him and be separated. And he is getting so troubled Alan said, overwhelmed. This feeling he has. This is Jesus the man, right? This is Jesus the human. So overwhelmed that he thinks, I can't, you know, I need my people with me right now. So he calls his three favourite disciples, come with me. I need you to pray with me. And he goes up and it says, if you read it, he says, he threw himself to the ground. Can you imagine the the emotion coursing through Jesus. He says he threw himself to the ground and says, God, if this is possible, don't make me go through this. Don't make me go through it. But if it's not possible, your will be done. He gets up. He goes to his allies, his favourite people, his closest men, and they're fast asleep. And he says, what are you doing? Don't you know I need you right now? Don't you know I'm in a battle of my life? I need you right now. Wake up, pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus was dealing with this battle going on. And he goes again and he prays. Mark says, he prays exactly the same thing. If it's possible, take this away from me. Take it away from me. On the ground, and other, other uh, versions say he, he, he just sweat. He's so intense with his stress. His sweat turned into blood as it came out. And uh, he prays, if possible, take this away from me. But if not, God, your will be done. He goes back. <laughs> and again, they're asleep. This time, don't even bother. Oh, well, I'm on my own. Goes back and prays the same thing. And I was reading this, and I'm thinking about prayer all the time when I'm, when I'm reading. And I just got, what is prayer? Prayer begins with our Father. Prayer is a living, breathing interaction between two living, breathing people. People that feel, 
People that experience. Now I think Jesus knew he had to do this. I think he, had, he knew he had to do it. And I think he knew he was going to do it. Because they'd spent eternity together working this plan out. And there was nobody else that could do it, was there? Jesus, I'm, God, I'm not going to do it. Can you send Gabriel? No. Can you send... There's a guy that lives somewhere in, in Australia who's really good. I don't think he's sinned much. He could do it. There's nobody else. He knew he had to do it. And yet he had this real, real vital conversation in prayer with his father that says, God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overcome. Can you take this away from me? And I, and I just kind of came into... Um, I need to get rid of the picture of the child. Um, and it just, it just what, what is prayer? Prayer is, a, is, is an interaction between people that really feel something. And Jesus, and I think sometimes I've had a lot of different discussions with different people this week. And I say that because I want no one to think I'm talking about them. Quite a few different people over prayer. And some people say, you know what, it's a slog. It's a slog. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep going because, you know, uh, it's hard, it's difficult. You've got to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. One day God will do it. And I've had other conversations with people that say, you know, it's, it's about do, if you do this, you do that, you do this, then it'll work. Um, I was just struck by this. There are times prayer is about you, a son and a daughter, speaking with your father. And if you've got a bad impression of a father, I know many of you have, you've got fathers that were imperfect. Some of them just weren't very good. Some of them were good but failed. Some of them weren't very good. Some of them may be downright horrible. I don't know. But this is a perfect father. It's a conversation. It's a lifestyle of getting to know two living, breathing, feeling people, getting to know each other and getting another father. And there are times, you know what? God has already promised me so many things, and they're mine. They are mine, because he's blessed me with them. But there are times I go into his presence saying, God, if I need you to do this. And I even say, please do this. Do we need to beg God for things? Do we? We don't have to beg him. But sometimes, because it's a real relationship, I'm so desperate. God, God, please. Please. And I just want to use that as an opener to say, when, they asked, when the disciples asked Jesus to pray, they said, pray this, our Father. You go into your Father. You go into your Dad. You go into somebody who feels what you feel. He understands how you feel. And it's a, it's a real relationship. Jesus loved to go to be with the Father. Why? Because he had to have instruction of what to do today, yes, but more than that, this is my father. And I can tell him how I feel. I can communicate with him. Does that mean we can just come to God however we like? No, we have to learn, we have to grow, and we're going to come to talk about this. But I just wanted to add of all my thoughts and my conversation, just reading that, and I would just, we'll perhaps just read it. Just get a picture of where Jesus was. He says, then my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going to the Father, he fell on the ground. See that? He fell on the ground and prayed. 
If it were possible, the hour might pass for him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found him sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you will not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. He did not know, they didn't know how to answer him. And he came to the third time. Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? I just grip me. Your father is there for every situation. Sometimes you'll go to him full of victory and fire and faith. There are other times you go to him on your knees. I need an answer. Your father is always listening. Your father is always listening. And what gets things done is faith. He says, all who come to him must believe he exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him. Sometimes you go with a shout of victory, sometimes you crawl in on your knees. But we believe. And what I love what Jesus did is what David also did. David ranted, didn't he? Here, David ranted. Where are you, God? Why do the, why the wicked win and the righteous lose? He always came back and said, why are you so sad, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. Jesus says, God, is there a way out? Get me out. But you know what? In many ways, Jesus was a follower of God, a disciple. Your will be done. Your will be done. And we'll have to learn to bring it back to that. It's our Father. I use this prayer as a model for my prayer life. And I've re-established that over the last six months. Sometimes we go back to, back to basics, if you like. But I, I just felt I needed to do this. I, I use this as a model um, for my interaction with God every day. And, um, and this prayer is to be an interaction between a son and a daughter and a loving father. Um, I've jumped out of my order, so never mind. It's interesting, God didn't give Jesus what he wanted, did he, at that moment? He didn't answer him how he wanted to answer him, but he answered him. He sent an angel. That's a pretty good answer. That's a pretty good answer. You know what, I can't give you what you're asking me, Jesus. Because I know really, probably, I know you don't want it either, because you want what I want. Here, have an angel. Have an angel to strengthen you and to guide you. Prayer is not, our Father is not an automaton. He's not the mighty Oz. He's not a machine who accepts the correct change only. He's your Father. He's your Father. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. That's what you mentioned about the secret room. He said, Jesus said, go into your room, shut the door. That word room has lots of meanings. Talking to somebody today, it could be seen as a bridal chamber. Talking to somebody this week, as a bridal chamber. It's a place of intimacy. It's a place where you go to be with your father. And uh, the words can also mean resources or storeroom or treasure. And there's treasures in prayer. Because you're interacting with your father, with a good father. And he wants you to know that he is there waiting for you. There's a joy. We talked about kids, parents with kids at school. When your, parents, when your kids leave, it's a different phase of life. And, and Hazel and I are both the same. 
when our messenger ting on our phone goes ting, is that one of our kids? That's how I feel. Is it one of my kids? Becca's always there, so, you know. But Dan or Joe, and I love it when they contact me. I'm just here. I just want to speak to him. I don't care if he's, te- you know, Joe's talking about the rugby or the football or what he's had for dinner. I just don't care. It's my son. And I'm waiting here for him. I'm waiting. I just want him to speak to me. I just want to be with him. And he's going to come home. You know, Joe, Dan comes around, we page, and we sit there, and he, he eats food out the fridge and stuff like that. And, 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 you know, watches TV with us. Joe's coming home in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. I love being with my kids. I just love being with my kids. Switch that round. If that's how I feel about my kids, do you know every day your father is waiting for you? Leah's going to come and see me. Oh, Divya. She's going to come into. She's going to come and see me. I don't think I'm. I'm not. I'm not joking. I, if, if God has put that in me as a father, I think in our father, he's sitting there saying, Michaela's going to come and speak to me. I'm so excited. So excited. And you can say, but I speak to Jesus all day, every day. Yeah, I know, but there's something about just going out with your lad for a coffee or beer, as it is these days. Just going, just you and your son, you and your daughter. This is my time. This is, this is what God says. This is my time with my son and my daughter. Do you sense that? Do you understand? It's not about getting business done. It's about you and the Father being together, sharing your heart, you telling him how you're feeling, him telling you what's on his heart. Yes. This is prayer. This is prayer. It's beyond, bless me, bless my wife, blah, blah. It's beyond that. It's with being with him. Jesus, a father, is the treasure himself. The Old Testament describes God as a father in a few places, but it's generally as a father to Israel in the sense that he created them. When Jesus arrived on the planet, he unleashed the word father. He unleashed it, absolutely unleashed it, by saying, by describing the relationship he had. It wasn't about a servant master, wasn't an employee or employer. It wasn't like a vassal to an overlord's. He was a son to a father. In the Old Testament, he was Lord, generally Lord, Almighty, God. The great revelation of the New Testament is this. God is a father. He's a father. And he's your father. And he's my father. He came from the father. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father. He came from the Father. And he is a good and perfect Father. He sent his Son to, to you and I. The real miracle, though, the real miracle, is the very first word of this prayer. Our. Our Father. He is not just Jesus' Father. He is our Father. He is my father. He is your father. Yes? He's our father. (coughs) 
Hebrews 2.10, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. But the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters with Jesus of the same Father. Hallelujah. He did it for you. He came to make this Father our Father. It's a privilege. There are some in Christian circles who will say, well, God is a Father of everybody. Because he made us all, didn't he? God's the Father of everybody. Because he made everybody. And uh, so therefore, we're, everybody's, he's a Father of everybody. So in the end, everybody will go back to the Father. I don't believe that's right. I believe we have a unique relationship, son and daughter and father with God because of Jesus Christ. Yes, he's the father of everybody because he created everybody. We're not just created by God. We are begotten of God with him, with Jesus. We have been adopted. We have been adopted as sons and daughters, which is actually far stronger than being created because God chose you and he chose me. We come to pray to the Father having the same relationship Jesus had with him. John's, Jesus said in John, Do not hold on to me, for I, I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. He's your Father. He's your Father. And when we pray, we go to our Father. <coughs> I've had discussions with people over the last few years who said that we major too much on the fatherness of God because he's also a judge, he's a ruler, he's a king, he's an avenger. He is all those things. you find them in scripture. But Jesus came and spoke to us of the Father. He revealed the Father. He told us to pray to the Father. It should be our focus. He is our Father. The truth is a really good father knows how to be a king. Doesn't he? A really good father knows how to be a ruler. A really good father knows how to be a disciplinarian. Don't they? But they still do it as a father. And I wasn't a perfect father. I wasn't a perfect father. There's times that I reacted out of anger because I was just kind of working my own anger off in the way I reacted. And I know some of you would have different understandings of your fathers. This isn't this father. This father is perfect in all of his ways, as we shall see in a minute. Coming into the presence of God as we pray is a place to receive from the father because he has so much for us. He wants to see you there. Every day, he wants to see you there. Every day. Sometimes you might miss a day because of circumstances, but you just want to know the Father is waiting for you every day. Come and speak with me, son. Come and speak with me, my daughter. Come and share with me. And it's a treasure room because what we will find there, just really quick example, what we'll find there is love. We always find love when we come to the Father. How, how great the, the love the Father has lavished upon us. 
He is totally 100% committed to your success. Do you know that? Your father is 100% committed to your success. I would do anything for my kids. Would I? <laughs> this week we got a message from Joe saying, I've just finished my first draft of my dissertation. He said, will you check it for me, jokingly? Um, and I said, well, you know what, I can do that for you. The title of it was, Developing a Gaussian Approximation Potential for Graphene Oxide Structures. <laughs> and there was 48 pages of nonsense. <laughs> but he just said, can you check the links from the contents that they go... Now it just feels so, yeah, I'll do, it. I'll do that, Joe. Of course I will. What, what, I want to do that for you. What can I do? What can I do to help you succeed? I'm not, I'm not blowing my own trumpet. I want you to just switch this round and see the heart of a perfect father for you. What can father do to help you succeed? That's what he wants to do. It's love, 100% committed. 100% committed to our success. He is open and righteous. John 17, 25 to 26 says, A righteous father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. Jesus came to reveal the open heart of the father, completely righteous. He does right, he never does wrong. So there are times when I, as a father, you know, I, I, I manipulate. Did you ever do that? I hope somebody else did this. Well, you know, your kids come and say, yeah, come and play football. Oh, man. I don't want to play football. I'm too tired. But there's a great video you could watch. If you put it on for half an hour. Half an hour, we'll play football. And you know full well that half an hour would be too dark. So, you know, do you ever... Oh, perhaps I'm the only one that did that kind of thing. <laughs> Sometimes we manipulated things... Right? And I wasn't completely open. I might get talked to. <laughs> I wasn't completely open with my kids. I do that because I fail. Jesus, the Father, is completely open. He'll never have an agenda. Right? He'll never manipulate you. He is open. I'm still talking about prayer, right? This is what we're going into the prayer room to find. A father that loves us. A father that is open. This is the treasure that we find. A father of forgiveness. Full of forgiveness. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. You'll never find him austere or cold shouldering you because of failings. Or You might be sitting there saying, but Dave, I haven't prayed for months. I might have just said the odd hello Jesus thing. I haven't prayed for months. And I know that if I hadn't talked to my real dad for months, when I phoned him, the first thing they'll say is, where you been? Are you calling me now? Do you need something? Do you want something? Maybe. I'm, that, my dad doesn't do that. In case thinks, well, I'm just, be, just being clear. I'm, I'm using hypothetical situations. He's waiting for you. He's waiting. He's not going to cold shoulder you. He's not going to try and make you pay a price for messing up. He's full of forgiveness. He's full of love. He's full of mercy. In this treasure room, we're going to find comfort. 
Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not a deep in these things. Gee, why did Jesus do that? He needed strength. He wanted Jesus. Why did Jesus go in the garden, sorry, and fall on his knees and say, God, he just needed strength in him. And his words came out in this cry, but, Jesus, but he found comfort from the Father through an angel. You need comforting? That's where you'll find it. Yes, God can do this all on the journey, but there is a place where we come into his presence and say, I need this. And this is prayer. This is receiving from the Father. You'll find encouragement. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, the God, our God and Father, who loved us and by his great grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and words. Your Father is your biggest cheerleader. Your father is your biggest cheerleader. He says to me every day, come on, you can do it. You can do it. He says to you every day, if you go and speak to him, I'm for you, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? How can I help you succeed? You'll always find a dad who will bring his word and presence to encourage you. You'll find generosity. If then you who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father? How much more will your father? I want to hear how many of you grew up with stingy dads. I wonder how many of you here are stingy dads. Either because they had no other choice. I grew, I grew up in that environment. I'm going to go all the sob story, but, you know, we didn't have any money. My dad was a pastor, for goodness sake. He didn't pay pastors a lot of money because you've got to keep them humble and keep them praying. Don't laugh, because it's absolutely true. <laughs> you grow up with a stingy down. And I say, sometimes they just don't have the money. Others just kind of think, no, I'm not going to let go of the purse strings. You have a generous father. He'll just bless us. He wants to bless you. If we who are evil know how to be good to our kids, how much more does God? If you knew a place every day where you could find those things, would you go there? Where you could find love, openness and righteousness, forgiveness, comfort, encouragement, generosity. Your father is waiting. Our father is waiting every day. And this is why we've got to get past this thing that prayer is, I go, shut the room, Jesus help me this, Jesus help me that. I pray this every day, every day, every day. It's a It's a connection between living, breathing people. And we'll come on to how we work in that in time to come. But just, it's our Father. Ephesians 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every blessing in Christ. Prayer is not about, just about getting specific answers to specific needs. It's about growing a relationship. We approach a Father intent on blessing us. We approach a father intent on blessing us. You know, you go into a meeting with somebody, I have meetings all the time, and you're never quite sure what you're going to get. You're never quite sure if that person is kind of 100% committed to you or wants to help you or is for you. Whether you go to see a bank manager, 
a doctor. Even pastors have an off day from time to time. Are they really for me? Do they really want to help me? When you go into the secret place with your father, he is always 100% utterly devoted to and intending to bless you, not punish you. Even when he discipline, and he does discipline us, because he's a father. Who, who, which, who has a father that hasn't disciplined them? But he doesn't punish us, he shapes us in love to be the best person that we can be. So how do I, let's get practical, how do I model this in my prayer? And I, I'm going to put this together and get it out to you. In, so People use the Lord's Prayer in different ways, and that is the point. It's not a prayer to be said verbatim. Okay, it's not. Don't, it's not just I say the same words every day. Um, but I, I use this prayer. Our Father, I always begin my time in God's presence with thankfulness and praise. Always. Thank you, God, you're my Father. Thank you, God, that I hear, I know I find generosity, love, encouragement, comfort, everything I need. As a disciple, I want him to be glorified above everything else, so I start with praise. I, I, I would almost say this. If you pray for 20 minutes a day, give a week to not asking anything but praising, you may find you get more done through God than if you just prayed, God, give me this, give me that. Because it's a bit like what we were doing this morning. Why do we sing the same thing? We're not just singing over and over again. It's building a pray, it's building an habitation of praise because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, inhabits praise. You want to interact with the Father, spend more time praising. Put a CD on of good worship music. Just spend time in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I try and do that. I don't always get it right. Whatever is happening with me, no matter how I have changed, whatever my needs, you are still my Father. You will always love me and you are worthy of praise. So many lives would be transformed if we had a thankful attitude to life. Because a lot of people, you go and see a lot of people, always got something to moan about. Always got something to moan about. Our things are all terrible. Christians should never, ever do that. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't. Because whatever happens in life, this is always true. And we develop a thankfulness first attitude and we can do it in our praying. You see what I mean? We can embed it in our praying. I'm thankful to you. So I would encourage you, as you come to pray this week, I'm sure you may do this already. If you have 10 minutes... Spend at least half of it. Whatever. You choose another. Spend a good proportion thanking God. Thanking Him. Interact with Him in worship and praise. If you pray for 20 minutes, just a good proportion. A double figure percentage. Just praising and worshipping God. And another thing I do, final thing, it's a tip. You might not. Um, find... Find your go-to verse of praise in Scripture. Find yourself a psalm verse. This is, my, this is my declaration of my life. And go in with that in praise. Never let go of it. I, I have two. And I, I, whenever I pray, and I, um, it always brings me back to the Father, heart of God. 
and it's um, these two. And I always get quite emotional when I think of this. From my birth, I've been cast on you. From my mother's womb, you've been my God. These are prophetic psalms, I think I would say. 22 definitely is. From birth, I've relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I just think, you know, so many things have changed in my life. I will, never, I will always be thankful for my heritage. That I grew up in a Christian home. I've known God all my life. I've known him all my life. When I've known him as a saviour, but I've known him. And all so many things have changed. But you know what, God? You've always been in my life. And I thank you for it. And you know, I look at certain aspects of my life and I ain't been very good. Whether as a parent or as a husband or as a, a church leader, I've failed. But God has never abandoned me. Never abandoned me. And if I'm feeling... Like, I can't go, whatever. I, I always come back to these two verses. God, you've always been with me. Even from my mother's womb. I know, and this is me, I know, that from the moment I came out of my mother's womb, people were praying for me. And I thank God for that. I know church kids have a lot of other problems. Especially pastor's kids. But I thank God. He's been with me from the beginning. And I just use those. They're my, they're my go-to verses. Sometimes I don't feel like worshiping or praising, so I, I come to that. Our Father. He's your Father. Think about the joy you see. If you've got kids, think about the joy you see in your kids' hearts when they're young. Think about if they've left home. Think about when they contact you. The joy. That's the joy the Father has over you. He's our Father. And he's waiting, every day he's waiting in the secret room. Come, speak with me. Share things with me. I want to share things with you. And because of that great love that he has, when you go to pray tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow lunchtime, whenever you do it, say, God, thank you, you're my father. Thank you, I'm finally finding love. I'm finding generosity. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that if you never did anything else for me from this moment forward, I will have enough for all eternity to lift up your name. I don't need anything else. I have my Father. I have my Father. And we'll begin to see our prayer lives transformed. It's not about getting what we want. It's about getting to know our Father. That's where it starts. And that's the heart of a disciple. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? Just this morning, I just want to put aside the why and the hows and the how do I do it. And I just want you in your heart now to look into the eyes of your Father and just thank him. To look to Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, all that you went through. On that garden, in that garden, when you said those words, not my will, but yours be done. You'd already been tempted. You'd already had the thing put across you, Jesus, where the devil said to you directly, you know, bow down and worship me and you won't have to go through all that. I'll give you what you want now. He could have chosen then to just abort the mission. He could have chosen in this garden to abort the mission because your word says that legions of angels would have come and whisked him back to heaven. 
But he said these words, not my will, but your will be done. And in that moment of victory, in the deepest anguish, when he cried out to you, when he overcame that moment, right there is our adoption as sons and daughters. The work finished at the cross of Calvary. That we're not coming to babble mantras. We're not coming to work on a formula. If I do A, B, C, I'll get X, Y, Z. We're coming to our Father. Our Father. And I pray this morning, God, over this church, that something of the heart of the Father would be released into, your, into our hearts today. That enjoyment that, that we as natural fathers get from just being with our kids. God, that's how you feel about us today. And tomorrow morning, we, when we come into your presence, we won't come to a, an angry God or to a distant God or to an abusive God, a manipulating Father. We won't come to any of those things. We're coming to our Father, perfect in love, perfect in generosity, encouragement, openness and honesty. And I just pray over people here who battle um, images of fatherhood that is negative. God, the greatest release for all of us will come when we understand our identity as sons and daughters of a good father. So God, I pray over every life here that's been damaged through parent relationships. I know this is big and deep, but God, would you begin a journey right now Father, that says, I know that you are a good father. You are a perfect father. I don't have to run away. I don't have to hide. Even even if you've not been to him for many, many months, know this, he's a good father. He's waiting, arms open, just to spend time with you. It's the most important thing you can do tomorrow is just to go and sit with your father. And rest in his love and worship him. And receive from him. So Father, I bless these disciples. We are all followers of you, God. And then the journey of discipleship is of change, God. And we want to change to be like you. We want to be full of power. We want to be full of love and purity. So I bless every disciple here that we begin this journey with our Father, our amazing Father, who is 100% committed to our success. And we say thank you, Jesus, for Calvary. And we thank you, Father, for adoption as sons and daughters. Help us to pray like a disciple. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Quarter past 12. Bless you all. Anybody has any comments, anything they want prayer over, anything they didn't understand, please come and see me. We'll take our offering. Oh, yes. Thank you, Johnson. As we close now, God, we bless you. We thank you. We thank you for, oh, we thank you for all that we have. We come again to say, as disciples, it's all yours, God. It's all yours. Everything is for you and through you and from you and to you.
So we come to give now joyfully. Those who have given through the bank, we'll do this week, we bless that. Those who are going to give in the bowl now, bless them. May it be multiplied to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over, to keep on blessing and blessing and blessing. And uh, just bless the people as we go and as we share time together now in Jesus' name. Amen.